could join us for episode 122 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our discussion of Joss Whedon's Space Western Firefly, starring Nathan Fillion. And that's it. That's I think it? we've covered all the other actors in the show. Okay. You should mention the guy who played, like, Niska, because he was pretty good. Yeah, I don't know his name. Do you? No, but if you keep talking for a little bit, I find it. Okay. <laughs> all right, well, we'll be examining Episode 10, War Stories, in just a few moments. But before we get there, we'd love to hear from you via email at sci-fi-tv-rewatch at gmail.com or at the website where you can record a voicemail via the Send Voicemail tab. You can also record your own audio clip and send the MP3 as an attachment or... Just send us a tweet at Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, and we'd encourage you to consider joining the Facebook group and join the discussions there. Now, I mentioned last week that we had a little bit of an update for Android listeners, so if you missed that one, I'll just go ahead and repeat it one more week. The highly rated Podbean podcast app has now been released for Android, and uh, you know we host our podcast on Podbean, and you can download the Podbean app free at the Google Play Store. And it, it'll basically allow you to access Podbean's extensive network of podcasts, although clearly you only want ours. Right. Search by categories, subscribe to your favorite podcasts, Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, <laughs> or discover new podcasts. Nah. Yeah. Instantly stream or download podcasts to play anytime, even offline. Stay updated with automatic downloads of your latest episodes. Uh, an option to auto-delete played episodes. Uh, boy, that would be handy for me. Uh, Stay organized with smart playlists and streamline interface and convenient player, which includes options such as play speed adjustment timer and sleep function. So Android users can now enjoy the enhanced listening experience of the Podbean app. So did you find that guy's name? Yes. His name is Michael Fairman. Okay. Has he been in anything? He's been in loads of stuff. Uh, He was on the Young and the Restless for like six years. Oh, wow. That's he a lot of episodes. Murphy slash Patrick Murphy slash himself. Like he paid himself one time. Like what did? That's I wonder what Young and the Restless. They're going on meta or something like that. Uh, yeah, know. although you know sometimes it'll say that when they appear on a talk show, as, uh, as, right, you know, yeah, in yeah. connection with whatever show they're on at the True. moment. So uh, that's the only. Or thing maybe the Lost and Restless just has like this one meta episode where like the actors meet their parts and everything is kind of like this absurdist theater type thing. I like it. Yeah. Well, you know, we don't have any listener feedback this week. And in Firefly news, you know, we're, we're down to one actor. We've covered everybody. And this guy's had a lot of trouble finding work. So it, it's really fortunate that Alan Tudyk has taken him under his wing with his latest project, Con Man. So Nathan Fillion should be able to pay the rent this month. Good thing. Man, you just haven't heard that guy's name at all the last eight years. I'm telling you, you know, you gotta love the guy. I mean, he has such a fun social media presence that it's it's got to be genuine. I mean, he is Nathan Fillion is the characters he plays. I I just have come to believe that. Yeah, he goes like you see him. He still does like sci-fi shows. Like he'll go. I saw him on um, what was that guy Will Wheaton's show? I think it was Will Wheaton's show. I love Will Wheaton. Um, I, I didn't like him. In Star Trek, but right. I love well, because he was just a snot-nosed little kid, but now yeah. he's like awesome, right? But yeah, he was just completely like down-to-earth guy. You know, he's so someone who could, probably could be really hung up on himself, and maybe in real life he is, but he certainly portrays this image of being down-to-earth, normal guy. You know, I mean, he's Canadian for crying out loud. So yeah, I I, I gotta believe it's genuine, but yeah, uh, you know, yeah. you never know. I do too, but I get suspicious, you know, like some, when someone seems like really like someone who's like super awesome and could be a conceited jerk and they're not, you're like, is it just an act or are they really not a conceited jerk? So I guess you should like be optimistic and say that they're not, right? Yeah, and, and that's the approach I'm going to take. All right, well, let's do it. All right, so, uh, you know, we've said many times it, it's probably the best time ever to be a genre TV fan. Dude, and- you are not Whistling Dixie, man. You know, and, and as uh, the Unless, summer... Were you whistling Dixie before? Uh, I, I can't whistle. Okay. But, uh, you know, as the summer shows, 
And geez, I mean, how many, you know, forever you couldn't really say that other than just summer reruns. But, you know. I can't get caught up in anything. I, I know. know. these well, big well, plans to get caught up on stuff. And I, I just couldn't do it. Well, Sci-Fi Friday, you know, they're coming to an end. I think uh, each of them is either on their last episode of the season or, or at most two. And we're getting ready for the fall season to, you know, you know jump into our lives and, and certainly continue them is going to come back September 4th, and Lost Girl is going to come back September 6th. But, geez, like you and I were saying today, Doctor Who's only a few weeks away. Yeah. Uh, I think Arrow and Flash are both going to, uh, I guess, wait until the yeah, first CW, week of October, Yeah, I think. CW starts in October, which is, I think it's kind of clever. Because remember, when, when Arrow first came out, we talked about this and thought, you know, that's actually probably a pretty good idea because already – loads of shows had already been canceled right right they already run the course and then they come in and say all right here's our new big show and you know it's just kind of like was an event so yeah and, and then agents of shield is going to start the end of september so you know again i almost wish there would be a couple weeks where we'd have off that we could get caught up but oh well yeah well we might have a all well, right we won't because continuum and lost girl start yeah, yeah. No, we won't. And I'm still, I still got two more episodes of Penny Dreadful that I haven't seen yet. So, Jeez. oh, well. All right. Well, on Firefly News specifically, now, if you're a longtime Firefly fan, then, then you already know this. But, you know, if you've come to the show new and, and you maybe don't know the entire backstory of the 14 episodes, only 11 originally aired on Fox, and you kind of alluded to this last week. Mm -hmm. So, in fact, War Stories, which we're going to talk about tonight, aired on December 6th, 2002, and it was followed by the last episode to air on Fox, Objects in Space, which is actually episode 14. Which is the last one, right? Right. Uh, And aired the following week, December 13th. Episodes 11, 12, and 13 didn't air until a year later on Sci-Fi. So it's just it's it's just so crazy. It just boggles the mind. It does boggle the mind. Like even so. I, you know, I I watched it with my son Sean today and at the end he was just like oh my god the show is like it's not the first time he's seen it but even having seen it a couple times earlier he's just like this show is so good, you know, just like everyone who sees it just says, it's so good. How could this have happened? How could the world have not recognized how awesome this show is? Despite everything Fox did to try and kill it, you know, it's still just, I don't know, maybe uh, like, I don't know if it's like the social media were what it is today. Maybe people would be tweeting about it and saying, dude, Firefly's incredible. You got to see the next episode. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Because they're all one-off episodes pretty much you know like in this one we have uh niska returning in a previous episode but if you if you hadn't seen that previous episode they had a quick previously on firefly that gets you caught up and and you're good to go you know no i agree with you and and so it's just it's just it just boggles the mind because i watch it and at the end i'm like this is so like not just good as in i can't believe i got canceled good but good as in this is probably one of the best TV shows I've ever seen, and it didn't even get a full first season. Right. You know, it's just it's just incredible. All right. Well, we are here to talk about episode 10, War Stories, written by Cheryl Kane, who also wrote a Firefly script entitled Dead or Alive, but it was never filmed because the show got canceled. Right. Directed by James Contner, who did 20 episodes of Buffy. 13 of Angel, 5 of Star Trek Enterprise, and even one of Dollhouse. And as I said, this aired December 6th, 2002. Now, you've long claimed that this is your favorite episode. And and like I said to you today, I was going to kind of not put you on the spot, give you some time to consider, you know, why you think that. And at the time, I kind of implied that while I think it's a great episode, I certainly give it an A. It may not be my favorite, and you, of course, it looked at me like I was nuts. So, what is it? What is it about? <laughs> well, you know, in thinking about it, I was like, okay, I can, I can see Dave's point that not that it's not good, but that it's not your favorite, because there's some really good ones out there. I mean, we just saw Ariel, which was spectacular. Our Mrs. Reynolds, which was awesome. You know, almost pretty much. I mean, they're all great. Out of air. I, out of that, gas. That might give it. A good run war story is a good run like if i if it weren't war stories i'd probably pick 
or out of gas. I'm sorry. Yes, out of gas. Janestown. You know, it's sure. You know, it's up against a lot of great competition. But what I like in this, and I, I've, I've thought about it as I was watching, and there's a couple of things. But I think to kind of narrow it down to is the interplay between Wash and Mal. Who Wash has just been kind of like this side cracking side character at this point. Not really, just off this side, never having like a central role in an episode. So for him to come front and center and to come front and center like he did was just awesome. And the script is spectacular. The dialogue in this is just crisp, snappy, dead on. The whole interplay between them as they're being tortured just is just fantastic. And then on top of that, you put in a scene where River glances outside Serenity, picks up a gun, and without even looking, shoots three guys dead. That that scene itself, I think, is a big part of why it's my favorite. But uh, like I said, I understand that there's there's a lot of other great episodes that's, that goes up against that. Well, what I will tell you, having said that earlier in the day, as often happens on the rewatch, I got it more. I, I, again, I, I like I said, great episode, clearly an A, but I guess what really struck me on the rewatch is yes it's a lot about wash it's a lot about wash coming to terms with the relationship that his wife has with malcolm but you know in a larger to a larger extent i think it really is about war i mean it 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 dispels the notion that war is this heroic and glorious event when in actuality it's awful and horrific right and it takes this event i think for wash to see that but it's so much more than that because what also happens is the events bring out the true individuals for better or for worse, right? I mean, that's kind of the sideline about this uh, this philosopher that they're talking about, Shah Nu or, or whatever his Shan name Yu, is, about, yeah. right? About, about you know torturing a man just to the brink, and then you get to know the real person, and you know we really do see the real individuals and the ones that struck me i think the most i mean look we've talked many times that clearly shepherd book is hiding something in his past sure and when he shoots that first guy one-handed yeah okay we know something's up and a good you know like a kneecap shot i would think not that i've ever tried to shoot some of the kneecaps but i would think again that trying to shoot someone from any kind of distance in the kneecap is a tough shot right and he doesn't make it. <laughs> I think he, you know, he kills. No, yeah, because the guy like kind of grabs his knee. Like, uh, well, okay, the first guy, I guess. But yeah, uh, I think after the other that, guys, right, he, yeah. did, he did shoot to kill. And then the impact that it has, I think what, what struck me more than anything is the impact it had on Kaylee. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I think on River, and I don't think we've yet seen the full impact on her. Well, you look at Simon took up arms jane right yeah jane seemed like he was just going to hang back but he came along i couldn't remember the name of his gun though what's the name of his gun? vera vera right <laughs> and you know wash who almost as soon as he's out of the room after being tortured instead of being like sweet i'm alive he's like we got to go back and get malcolm and of right. course number one is we really see, which is really no surprise, is the true nature, the true character of Malcolm Reynolds. Right, and and there at the end, you mentioned Simon. You know, Mal's recovered. He's got his ear reattached. And he asks Simon, you know, how the battle affected him. And, you know, he says, well, I never shot a man before. And then, of course, Shepard jokes that, uh, well, you still haven't, son. Still I was there. Yeah. But in the background, you know, we see Kaylee sitting on the steps there. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, I, I, I mean, again, uh, you know, we've both taught anti-war novels. You, you know, you've probably taught Red Badge of Courage, All Quiet on the Western Front. I mean, you know, the, the characters, they go in with one idea about what war is and, and it doesn't take very long for them to realize that's not it at all. And it just seems like that comes out so much in Kaylee's character here. Yeah. Who, and now she's like kind of a little horrified by river. 
Yeah, and, and you don't even know how you you said horrified, and I agree. And also, to what extent is she traumatized? Well, you saw when Book and Simon ran off to help out, she was left to guard the ship, and she's shaking. Yeah, you know, like she's not a warrior, and and we know that, and we just saw a couple episodes ago that she was like kind of a girl from the the sticks, who this is, and we know that. You know, just every time she runs into any kind of culture, I think she's just like, golly gee. And now she's thrown into this thing that she's really way over her head in being in an actual violent encounter. And she, you know, she's she's not able to really handle it, you know. Right, and then but- River, who we'd think would be the one to totally crumble in a violent encounter, turns out to be a weapon of mass destruction. Right, which is our first inkling of what it is they were doing to her. Sure. Right. And, and, and just to get back to Kaylee for a second, I, I, I think, again, we have to look at what it is she did. In other words, she knew this was going to be, a, you know, I, I think she instinctively knew this was going to be a, a, a terrifying experience, yet she did it anyway. Sure. Now, and, and the fact that she, you know. And she might be the bravest character out of all of them. For right. The, and the fact that she this. ran is irrelevant. You know, that, right. that that she withdrew and hid. That's that's irrelevant. Uh, you know, she's already proven her, her bravery. So. Just, yeah, just going along was, you know, extremely brave. So. And uh, But as we said, w- just way beyond anything that could ever have been. Everyone else had at least some kind of experience. Even Simon has had some kind of experience with blood and gore and violence, right? Right. And certainly sure. what he had to do to get River out probably exposed that to him as well him to that as well so there she's the only one who's really never ever even been had touched any of this kind of stuff ever before well right we saw simon in last week's episode when he and jane had to escape by killing those guards you know and we talked about how river you know, had to witness her brother doing something that she probably didn't think he was capable of doing mm-hmm. so True well that. why don't we get you know look at the episode and break it down the opening scene uh, we see Simon studying River's MRIs, and you know he's showing at the Shepherd book as if Shepherd book really, you know, see here what the, they did, and you know Shepherd looks. But uh, but so Shep- speaking of like my sister is a doctor, and she's always like showing off like that. Like she'll like send us text messages about like like when my dad was getting operated on, like oh here's dad, blah 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 blah, he's got medial cardio, blah 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 blah, all this. And I'm like. Seriously, I, I, I texted about. I'm like, I know you went to med school, okay? Now, let's put it in terms like the rest of us, two of whom are lawyers and still don't understand what you're saying. And yes, that means I do have sis- two sisters that are lawyers, one a doctor, and me the teacher. So, yep. Yep. yeah, you figured it out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're the one that had fun. Uh, yeah, exactly. Anyway. I'm the one with worldly experience. Exactly. All right. So anyway, so Shepherd Book's talking to him about a book you know i i guess it's probably supposed to you know make us think of uh the art of war and by how, how did you pronounce i had written in my well, shanu uh, I, they sound like they're saying shun you okay and then when i typed shun you in like i, I put w-y-o-u i spelled it as you like shun you and so it came out like how to shun people uh-huh. <laughs> like all these like how to things so then i, I yeah I, I ran across the uh the the firefly like kind of wiki and they had just copied out of wikipedia for some other guy so i'm not sure that this is an actual person uh but definitely sounds like something out of art of war shan yu was the bad guy in mulan though which you probably have never seen i have not (laughs) yeah it's a pretty good movie okay but Book brings this up because he wonders if the men that did this to River were disciples of this man's work and wonders if they were simply trying to see how far they could push her. But, you know, Simon has determined that they were after something very specific. And I think we have somewhat of an inkling of the, what that was now. And in fact, mentions that if it was really just to see how far they could push her, why would they be so interested in recovering her? Exactly. Well, because mm-hmm. we're not done yet. We we still have loads of tests. Yeah, no. But yeah, there's a pattern. He sees a pattern of what they're doing. And so that doesn't mean it wasn't just torture for randomly trying to cause pain. This was, they were 
doing something specific and deliberate to her. Yeah. Well, we're reintroduced to Niska, and I'm telling you, dude, that guy was pretty brave to interrupt him while he was torturing. Yeah, I know. Well, he had really good news, though. He did, but... You know. Right, and he's got news that their sensors have indicated that a ship that might possibly be Serenity has been detected, and, and he gets a big smile on his face, orders him to have it checked out, and then mentions yeah. Malcolm Reynolds by name. You wonder if like the guy who's being tortured is like, oh, he's smiling, he's happy, maybe I'll get out of this somehow. Like, uh, no. And then... Yeah, and I guess, the again, we've said this almost every week, but one of the beauties of the writing here is just how they juxtapose the humorous scenes with the really serious, really emotional, really poignant scenes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Malcolm's discussing Inara's latest client, whom it appears is going to be coming to meet her aboard Serenity, which I guess is somewhat unusual, although, you know, she takes the client directly to her shuttle. Sure. But Mal tells her, anybody comes aboard my ship, I meet. And, and of course, she's afraid that he's going to embarrass her. And I like his line, uh, you know, about swordplay. You know, I'm over that phase. Yeah. Well, he also is like, well, you think my my ship's too dirty? And he, like, kind of wipes his finger like he's doing dust. And he, like, scrapes off like he actually did bring up dust when he did that. Yeah, uh, thus answering his question right? <laughs> exactly and then at the same time we see kaylee chasing river around the ship trying to recover her apple that that river took clearly they're having fun and you know like on the one hand it's easy to say it's something that we haven't seen much out of river but we haven't seen it much out of a lot of them i mean certainly you know we have seen some but uh but acting he, like kids because they're they are young like yeah. we forget that right i mean they've seen Already, in the nine episodes we've seen, they've seen so much and done so much that we tend to forget that they're both kids. Right. You know? And, right. And, and, and to see, see them playing like normal kids, is it, it was nice. Right. And we've seen Inara act as sort of a mother figure, or, or probably more accurately, an older sister figure. Whereas in this scene, it's, it's just like two kids, same age, having, having a good time. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, uh, the pitter patter of tiny feet and combat boots. Okay. Shut yep. up! <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> uh, and, and what was also great, and perhaps it's it's his guilt talking, but Jane has apparently been a little bit generous with his cut of the latest job and has bought a couple crates of apples for everybody and and is sharing them. And Kaylee then asks Zoe, and now we get to kind of the heart of one of the themes of the of the episode. She asks Zoe why she cuts her apple instead of just biting in, and that's finally too much for Wash to take. The green-eyed monster rears its ugly head. Yeah, you know, and it's funny. I mean, obviously it, it eventually comes out, you know, whether or not Malcolm and Zoe had any kind of a sexual encounter at some point, even though Wash is pretty sure they did not, which, as he points out later, is is perhaps the problem, but talks about a time during the war, you know, and and now we know where the title of the episode comes from, that that it's war stories and that, you know, Wash simply wants a war story of his own and be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you ask for, exactly. Not sure whether or not wash ever served i guess we assume he did not he clearly did not yeah yeah because we do have that line later about uh uh when he and malcolm are talking and uh he says well i was in a fire well actually i was fired, I was fired. <laughs> from a job as a fry cook or something yeah. like that. and clearly he feels emasculated by by mal right right and and that, and it's it's all from his own insecurity, which is where jealousy comes from, right? Jealousy comes from insecurity. And his whole thing is because he wasn't a soldier. He wasn't a gun-toting, heroic-type figure. He's just a regular guy. And as he's, we know from comments he's made before, he's aware that, like, people don't get me and Zoe at first, you know, because they don't understand why someone as type a as zoe would be with someone as not type a as wash yeah and that's the beauty of the crew that malcolm reynolds has put together sure because fine he's not a warrior but he's one of the best damn pilots in the verse right and some of the things that he's been asked to do and been able to pull off 
are the stuff of legend. Yeah. Well, like how he got onto Nishka's ship, right? Right. I mean, would we expect Jane to come up with a plan? Of course not. Yeah. But never. would we expect Jane to be able to take out 10 guys with minimal weapons? Yeah, we would. Yes. And, and, you know, everybody's got their, their skill set. So when Wash then confronts Zoe about the plan he had to sell some of the drugs, and, he, you know, his plan is to skip the middlemen and go straight to the doctors, and apparently Malcolm dismissed that out of hand as being and too rightly risky. so. That's yeah. ludicrous, right? That is a terrible, terrible plan. Right. That's like guaranteed to get caught type plan. Exactly. And you understand that that's not Wash's mindset, but he yeah. gets upset that Zoe just follows in lockstep with whatever Malcolm says. And, and then, you know, now we're, you know, we're into that argument. Right. And again, this is all Wash's insecurity. Now we get it, right? I mean, we kind of get it. We see that he feels because he sees this bond between Zoe and Mal that he doesn't have, despite being married to her, he still doesn't have this bond that she has with another man. And he has no reason to be jealous, but yet he is. And again, we understand that because he understands the nature. He understands that what type of person Zoe is, what type of person he he is. He probably like everyone else in the whole world thinks, well, Zoe should be with a guy like Malcolm. Exactly. She should be with a strapping, tall, handsome warrior guy and not, a pilot who wears Hawaiian shirts around. Right. But just like Kaylee was willing to put herself out there, Wash is here, is here as well. And in fact, sure. when he says what this marriage needs is one less husband, we know he's referring to Mal, not himself. And, and like you alluded, his view is certainly understandable. And I guess what makes it even more difficult is the fact that they're on this ship in confined spaces, you know, basically 24-7. That causes tension. It does. All right. Well, uh, we we go to Simon, who's found River in her room feeling sick, and and obviously he's trying to find the right balance of medications for her. And I think he says that her dreams are getting less disturbing and less violent. Uh, You know, she's still somewhat unstable, but, but it does appear as if she's improving. But again, she's doing what she's done quite often kind of speaking in broken halting phrases and really not sure what it is she's saying yeah but you know just as quickly she tells simon that she's afraid she's going to revert to her prior state so she's she's conscious enough to be afraid of that all right so what i always like about these scenes between river and simon is like that really that genuine tender relationship that you see between them and how Simon, I mean, Simon's not a hard ass, so it's not like out of character that he is kind to someone, but he is usually kind of cold and reserved. But when he's with River, he's very relaxed and protective, and you see him put his arms around her and, you know, and everything. And it's just, it's, it's always, when they have scenes with those two together, all of those really nice scenes that kind of warm my heart a little bit, you know? Yeah, I mean, we often talk about a doctor and his or her bedside manner, and we almost get the idea his bedside manner with anybody else would be perhaps a bit standoffish. But as you said, I mean, this scene here where she says, sun grows dark and chaos has come again. What am I? You know, that that fear that she's about to revert to that darkness. And he says, you're my beautiful sister. And mm-hmm. and on the one hand, it's heartbreaking. On the other hand, it's just heartwarming that, sure. that that he does that for his sister. Yep. And I'm going with the heartwarming. Yeah. No, I I, I agree. <laughs> All right. So we see then in another lighter episode, uh, a lighter scene, Kaylee book. And I was a little surprised that the book was involved. Jane and Malcolm. <laughs> uh, are, yeah. But you, human nature is human nature. Exactly. You know? He is a man. He's not dead. Yeah. Right. Uh, and they're kind of hanging around hoping to catch a glimpse of Inara's client and, and Kaylee. Again, she's just the ultimate romantic. I'll bet he's handsome. Uh-huh. And then the tall guy wearing sunglasses appear uh, appears. Mal goes to extend his hand, which the guy ignores. <laughs> the guy then touches his little Bluetooth or whatever they call it in the uh, 24th century or whenever they are and yeah. state that everything's clear for the counselor to enter. In walks the beautiful woman. Much to the surprise of those watching, Nathan Fillion does what he does best. Looks (laughs) disbelieving and astounded. (laughs) Exactly. And Jane utters 
I'll be in my bunk. Right. And I'm sure. But after, after like very creepily looking at, like basically through his eyebrows watching yeah. her, you know. Yeah, but but they're all, you know, even Kaylee, you know, it's like, ah, oh, I knew she took women clients, but you yeah. know, I think it was the thought of seeing the two beautiful women together that, that sure. really got and to uh, again Kaylee. on on a ship, they don't get off much. And we know from our Mrs. Reynolds that it's been a while for Mal, so you know, all this stuff, it's like All right. Well, <laughs> they're about to leave on a shuttle run to sell some of the drugs and and it's going to be mal and zoe but zoe finds that the launch sequences in the shuttle have been changed wash comes to the bridge and says pretty much you know what i changed them i'm not unchanging them unless you take me with you instead of my wife and and, you know malcolm's it huh it's almost like what are you talking about yeah well and if nothing else he his authority is being subverted here. And I think that's what really pisses him off, as he says, I'm angry and I'm armed. Yeah, and you, and you wonder at this point, does Malcolm have any idea what this is really all about? No, no clue at all. Yeah, I mean, like even when Wash says, so we're going to sing army songs or something, you know, it's like Malcolm, I think, kind of knows, but no, not really, not at all. Although later, I think he, as they're being tortured, I think he's, you know, figuring things that's, out. That's here. when he finally figures it out, right? Yeah. Um, because, it, you know, if, if I guess, if there really were something there, if there really were sexual tension between he, he and Zoe, whenever he was around Wash, that would be like in the forefront of his mind. So if Wash started acting weird around him, he'd say, oh, well, this is because he suspects there's something between me and Zoe, which there is. But there isn't anything. So he, he has no idea why Wash would suspect anything when there's nothing there to suspect, right? Right, exactly. Now, uh, look, I, I love the scene with Anara and her client, but why is it really there? I mean, is it simply Do there? Do you really want me to answer that question, Dave? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, is it there so that at the end she can provide the, the you know, the the equipment that allows Simon to reattach Malcolm's ear? Yeah, or is it just, I, I, yeah, I think I'm it's good just, with gratuitous sex. I mean, right. that's fine. And it's not it's not even sex. It's a background. I know. Which, I know. you know, as we know, can that can happen. But, you know, I, I think it, it achieves more than just the gratuitous nature. And I think there is a slight gratuitous nature to it. Though Lost Girl is guilty of much worse. Because we do see Inara's humanity and you know, and and her, what we know as her as a character, um, because this person who is this this powerful person, right? Yeah, is vulnerable in front of Inara, right? Right. She intimidates even like powerful people, and um, but yet she is also very gentle and kind and tender as well. Yeah, and. and- what I also found interesting, again, I like a lot of things upon rewatch and we start talking about it. Inar even mentions to her that you realize that the majority of my clients are men and that, you know, that they talk about the whole idea that women can't be themselves around men. And it's almost as if they're each other's clients, you know, sure. that Inar is getting just as much out of this as the uh, counselor is. Sure. Yeah. Yep. And also that this whole idea of, you know, revealing your true self. Now, no one's being tortured here, but it's still that idea, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so, you know, Mal and Wash are on the shuttle, and Malcolm tells Wash that, you know what, I see what's going on here. I'm not sure I understand. I let this one slide because it's just a milk run. But you understand, on the real missions, I'm taking Zoe. And, you know, that's when Wash tries to convince him, well, you know what, I can handle myself and... Malcolm's not stupid, and, and if this was anything more than a milk run, uh, I'm sure he would have insisted and probably even uh, gotten a little bit violent with Wash. But you know, sure. let, but, let, but also, like one thing is that they're on a schedule, right? Sure, they have a specific time, and so Wash, like Mal, doesn't have time to putz around with Wash and get him to change back the codes or take time to convince him to change back because they have to leave right then. So he really has no choice at all but to take Wash with him. Yep, 
So, uh, you know, so they go to the planet, they do the deal. And, and of course, every deal that we see him making with guys that look like this, we're, we're worried that something's going to happen. But, you know, they throw him the money. It looks like it's going to go smoothly. Suddenly, you know, we notice the red laser dots on the guy's forehead and, and we see that it's an ambush. And of course, it is Niska's guys that are there to take Malcolm and Wash by extension. All right. So we're back on Serenity. Jane is spotting book while he's lifting weights, but then yeah, of course not doing a great job of it. Not doing well. It's I think it's an R and her client's fault. They yeah. they appear, hug and kiss. Jane's of course distracted, uh, leading Anar to shake her head. Book struggles with the bar. I'll be in my bunk. Yeah. And then, did you catch the next line? What was that? Uh Zoe yells, Jane, grab your weapon. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought that was like the funniest line in the whole series because he's like, I'm in your bunk. And so he goes, says, Jane, grab your weapon. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, I'm looking, I've got that in my notes. But, and then because she has a feeling that something may have gone wrong on the milk run, it's like it didn't even hit me that. Uh, and, and again, that's what the writers in Firefly do so well. Yeah. Yeah. Then book offers to go, but, you know, in, in the same way that Mal reacted to Wash, Zoe tells book, no offense but I hope they don't need a preacher, right? Yeah. Because they still don't know what it is he's capable of. Right, know? well, and they wouldn't expect that he would be any use of all in the fight, right? Exactly, right. So, all right, so we're on the planet. Zoe, Book, and Jane find the dead bodies from the drop. Book mentions that it looks like precision work, speculates about the type of sniper rifle that took them out. Yeah, we're straight out of Star Wars there, right? Is that what it was? Yeah, you know, like... Because you've seen Star Wars, right? Well, I have, but it's been a yeah. while. But like Ben Kenobi, one of the Jawas, he's like, these weren't taken out by sand people. Only Imperial troops have this kind of accuracy, uh, which okay. is untrue because Imperial troops are really terrible shots. Right? Okay. But, but but they yeah. all start piecing the uh, details together. Obviously, it wasn't about the, the drugs because the drugs are still there. Jane knows they're off planet, sees the tracks in the dirt, and, you know, they start putting two and two together, and Book speculates that it's a space station. Zoe knows who's got them, and obviously we know as well, even though nobody states it overtly in this scene. But we know who has them. Exactly. And, and so just Zoe just has to say, oh, I know, and then so that we know that she knows that we know that she knows, and, you know, that whole thing. Right. And now, you know, ironically, now we get to the scene where we really do get to learn about the man as he's pushed to the edge of, you know, uh, you know his life. And, you know, they're blindfolded. They find themselves in a room. Mal's trying to feel for any details. And, and you wonder if he has a sense of where he is and who has him and just doesn't want to tell Wash yet. Uh, I think he looks pretty surprised when when this, and, and honestly, as he they say in this episode, they've got a lot of en- enemies. So it really could be anyone uh, that has decided to take umbrage with him and um, and to capture him. So he seems genuinely surprised to see Nishka when when uh, his blindfold is removed. Right, and you know, prior to that, you know, Wash is still prattling on about uh, well, what would Zoe do in this situation? And finally, he's like. He, she would shut up, but he still wants to get back to serenity with a story. You know, it's still that idea that war, you know, is something that's glorious, something that should be, you know, looked look forward to participating in. You know, he has no idea what he's gotten himself into. But, but then I think he does have an idea because he says, Mal, what, what right do you have to put my wife in this situation? And he's like, she's not in this situation. He's like, but she was she would have been. Yeah. You know, if I hadn't come along, my wife would be here. And he's like, you do this all the time. You take her on dangerous things and dangerous jobs. She does dangerous things with you. What gives you the right to do that? Well, that that is true. And then and then he brings up the, the fact that she does whatever he tells her to, which is then kind of juxtaposed to the marriage vow of obeying. But, uh, you know. Yeah. He's like, she promised to love, honor, and obey. And Mal says, wait, she promised to obey? Yeah. And well, I was like, oh. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, well, that, you know, it's like, well, she follows whatever you tell her to do. And he's like, no, she doesn't. Well, name one thing. Right. She married you. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And again, here we go. Hard truths coming out. You're seeing the real man here, right? Right. Now, again, leading into seeing the real man, we're back on Serenity and, and Zoe's collecting money from the other crew members to offer Niska for their release. And, and it, it's pretty clear that they're each giving everything they have. Even Jane. Even Jane. Yep, yep. even Jane. Reluctantly, he puts it in, but he does put in. He does put in. Um, and, you know, I don't know what we were thinking, what they were thinking. Clearly, Niska harbors ill will as a result of the train job that didn't happen, even though he got all of his money back. I think as Mal says, maybe he's still a bit uh, upset about his guy that went into our engine. I think Jane says that, but yeah. Jane says that, okay. Yeah. And, you know, Zoe tells them she, at this point, is going to go off by herself and take the money, which she does, tells them, if I'm not back, you know, in, in a reasonable amount of time, just take the ship and go. Get out of the quadrant. Which is kind of like, the, uh, this again, we, I mean, we've seen that heroic stand before, like, I mean, in Out of Gas... Uh, Mal said the same thing, right? Yeah. Did Killjoys lift the idea of the quad from Firefly? Yeah, I, I don't know, probably. But both Dark Matter and Killjoys are ripping off Firefly like crazy, man. No, yeah. oh, that's okay. Like the last episode of Dark I'm just take, taking a second here. Like what? It was basically, it was. I mean, the whole thing was like an episode of Firefly. I can't remember which one. But I'm watching, I'm like, this is just like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, on the one hand, the torture scene is really difficult to watch. I mean, Niska's torturing Wash and Mal with electric shocks. But the thing is, is it's not because exactly. it's also funny. Well, it is, but yeah, because they're discussing the problems of shipboard right. romances that, that Mal and brings. Like the shock comes at like, you know. Like at, at at strategic times in the dialogue, right? Exactly. But he does bring up the idea of split loyalties. And, you know, then it's like, you know what? It might just simply be that you're not good enough for Zoe. And, and then, of course, the question of whether or not they ever slept together comes up. And, you know, as all of this is transpiring, I think we finally get it. And, and we later learn that Wash understood as well that, Malcolm was doing this to help him survive. Right, and, and we see the one point where uh, Wash is starting to pass out, and Mouse is going, "Wash, Wash," you know. So he's just trying to keep him conscious and keep his brain away from the torture itself, so that he can, you know, so he doesn't break. Right, and um, and then you know we see Zoe come in with the money and and you know give it to Niska and. I'm not sure what I expected her to do, but but when it became clear it was going to be, you know, a Sophie's choice type of situation, she doesn't hesitate a second. She doesn't even get to the part where he says make a choice. <laughs> it's, He's right. still talking. She goes, him. Oh, were you going to ask me to choose? Right. Exactly. You know? And on the one so, hand- But even funny, I just have to point out what I thought was the funniest bit of torture slash dialogue put together when, because, you know, Wash is like, the whole problem is that, you know, Mal and Zoe haven't slept together. That's the problem. He thinks his wife is wondering what it would ha be like to sleep with him. And the whole problem is that they haven't. And so, you know, Mal says, well, do you want me to sleep with her? He's like, well, I don't know. It's like, well, I'm going to do it. He says, you know, when I get back, I'll get me a piece of that. <laughs> right. And again, just to keep him alive. Sure. Right. Uh, uh, because he's drifting into like, unconsciousness. Right. And and so that's how it's like, yes, it's a torture scene. So there is a level of horror there, but it's also comedic as well, which I don't know of any other show or movie I've seen that really pulled off that combination. Well, right. And, and as if that isn't enough, Nishka does release Wash, which surprised me, number one. But then he says, you know what? This is a lot of money. You're due a refund. Goes over and cuts off Malcolm's ear, wraps it in a cloth and hands it to her. And the whole thing about Zoe throughout this entire scene is she is just so calm. I mean, inside she's got to be dying. Sure. But she is just so calm. And, and again, I, I, look, not that that surprises us, but she is human. But she's also a warrior. You know, she's a soldier. 
She's been in these situations before, and she knows that the way to get through is to to be calm, right, right. and to keep your head and to not get emotional. So, yeah, that's what she does. Yep. So we're back on Serenity. Wash has this renewed focus, and and you know you just see you can see the electric burns on his chest, and with Zoe, they're going to rescue Mal. Zoe hands Simon Malcolm's ear, tells him to put it on ice. And we're going to get him back, she says. And then Jane, well, what are we going to do? Clone him? Yeah. <laughs> that was a, a, actually a pretty clever line. For, it it for, was a clever line. You know, I, we sound like such fanboys. Well, we are a little we bit. Are. <laughs> uh, all right. So Niska asks Mal if he knows the works of Shanu, prompting Mal to ask if he's, if he's, if talking about books is his new part of the torture. <laughs> right. Which I think you and I can both relate to. Yeah. What are you trying to do to us? Yep. Yep. Um, and I like what you know, Nishka says that business is not war. Heroics are unseemly. They complicate. So it's like what you did. And he's not talking about this right now. He's talking about the train job. You know, like, yeah, granted, I got it. What you did, you didn't profit from that, you know. But this is business. You still mess with my business. If you want to be a hero, fine. But you still mess with my business, and then that's why this has to be done. Exactly. All right, so we're back on Serenity. You know, Jane and Kaylee are looking on as Zoe and Wash are weaponizing, and it does appear to be a suicide mission that neither of them is given a second thought about. I think Jane's eating an apple <laughs> while they're doing this. Yes, right. And... The next thing we know, Book, Kaylee, and Simon all have weapons ready to help. Then from above, we hear Jane, you know, I guess, you know, click the safety or whatever on Vera. Everybody looks up. He's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you think I would leave you guys behind? And, and all right, we've talked about that so many times. All right. So. Yeah. Yeah. But, but again, it's all like obviously he, he totally has to go because he still so owes Mal. You know, like Mal obviously hasn't told anyone about uh, Jane's treachery. And yeah. he didn't blow him out the airlock when he could easily have done so. So, um, you know, he owes Mal big time. And just buying apples, obviously, is not going to repay. It's not. Now, clever plan. You know, Zoe says, you know, I got a pretty good idea of the layout, you know, when I went in and came out over there. They send the rover in with explosives on it. Of course, now they're going to need a new rover. Yep. Well, what are you going to do? You know, like it's, you, you need that first shot to be effective. One. Right. And then Jane goes in first, which, you know, is pretty telling. Again, that's what Jane does. You know, it, it's like for him, he doesn't even think about it. This, this is who I am. This is what I do. Right. And, and as we said before, thinking's not really his strong suit. And especially his the, the experience on Ariel probably is confirmed in him. Like, I, I just got to stick with what I know which is being like a soldier getting out there and uh in and shooting stuff and blowing stuff up and cuz I'm not really good at this like treachery and double dealing kind of stuff. Exactly. And then the scene that really causes us causes us to say, "Huh, okay." Uh you know, they take out the first wave and then Zoe's ready to, you know, advance and she tells Kaylee and Book, "You've got to hold this position." And before she can even follow up with more orders, Book shoots and kills some guy one-handed. Now, you said he shot him in the knee. I think he okay, got him okay. in the knee. Because he had mentioned before, like, um, Jane yeah. or Zoe says, doesn't the Bible have anything against killing? And he says, yes, but it is somewhat fuzzier on the topic of kneecaps. Yeah. So uh, and so at least that first guy, I think they, he, they tried to make it look like he shot him in the knees. Okay. Not that, I mean, that, I think that would really, really hurt, though. Well, well, sure, but even you know he does it. He, you know, again, doesn't give her a chance to finish up giving the orders, and then as soon as he shoots that guy, understood. And, and at this point, it's clear that Wash has fired a weapon in a combat situation before. Yep. So, yeah. all right, now Niska goes to find out what's going on, and and this is the you know if there is a scene that um, uh, really that they leave Niska alone with Mal. Now, now Mal, yeah. I mean, he, or with one guy, Mal zaps him, but 
you gave Mao access to that device? I think they just feared this guy's been getting pretty heavily tortured for a while now, and he's really like in no shape to fight back at all. Right. Now, have we seen Malcolm this dark? No I mean, that, way. that's like, you want to meet the real me now? Yep. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, all yeah, right. Cause, you, you know, we talk about Nathan Fillion as kind of always playing these kind of happy-go-lucky guys, but he does it in Castle, too. Every now and then, Castle goes dark, and it's just like, whoa. Oh, yeah, the, the, the episodes where his daughter is kidnapped. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Jane gets shot, right? I mean, he doesn't make a big deal about it, but he does right. get shot. He does so, get shot. All right, so by my count now, who's been shot? Shepard Book, yeah. Malcolm, yeah. Kaylee. Well, oh, oh, like in general. In general. During the show, Jane yes. and Zoe. Who hasn't been shot? Inara, Simon, right. River. Wash has been tortured, but not shot yet. I don't think he's been shot, but he's been, he was certainly tortured, so that, that's close. All right, so, uh, you know, we talked about Kaylee, and this is the scene, you know, she's clearly terrified, and I don't think she ever fires her weapon and crouching no. in a ball when all of a sudden River goes over, takes her gun, can't look, can't look, and then just automatically fires and kills three guys, and then no power in the verse can stop me, which is what she told Kaylee about the apple before, right? Well, I think Kaylee said it to her. Oh, oh, she did? Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, with the whole apple incident, yeah. But I'm pretty sure Kaylee's the one who said that line. Oh, okay. Uh, but, but River says it here, obviously. Yes. Okay. So, and, and, you know, like, I think I personally would be impressed. I'd be like, damn, girl. Yeah. But Kaylee, or not Kaylee, Kaylee looks... Uh, scared and, and horrified yeah and then you know there are so many of these i guess i didn't realize how many of these scenes there were they've pretty much disposed of most of niska's men zoe jane simon find mal fighting with the last of his men as niska has you know slinks away and jane's about to shoot the guy when zoe says no this is something the captain has to do for himself uh, no it ain't no it's not <laughs> mal says <laughs> and then all Which three is great. You're just turning that whole cliche on its ear you know that's awesome oh you did, did that, that on purpose like, turn it on your turn it on its ear yes well no i'd like to say i did that on purpose but it's just i'm just saying the cliche myself but yeah i mean how awesome is that because how many times you see you know oh this is something he's got to do himself it's like a man's got to do a man's got to do and he's like no, no it's not just shoot him yep so, all right, well, we're back on Serenity. Malcolm's ear has been reattached, thanks in part to the counselor who pulled some strings to get Simon the equipment he needed. Inara looks concerned. Uh, you know, she almost looks kind of pissed off that Malcolm put himself in that kind of position, but uh, she but does. I think she looks more concerned, though. Yeah, but she does mention what we're thinking, and, and Mal acknowledges, why didn't you just kill him? She's, yeah, well, she says, I wish you'd kill that old bastard, which is kind of strong language coming from Inara. You yeah, know? sure, sure. She doesn't usually talk like that. And, no, she uh, doesn't. I guess to be fair, though, I mean, Malcolm did get a couple punches in, and then stuff started happening, so I guess you could argue right. that he Right, yeah, I mean, like the big guy came up and grabbed him, so it was like he, you know, he's kind of fighting for his life there. Right. Y- you know, the scene where he asks Simon about, uh, you know, how he's doing after shooting a man and then you know as we said before book tells him you know what i was there and i'm pretty sure you didn't you still haven't shot in anybody yeah <laughs> again no, there's there's a lot of zingers in this one this is a very well written episode yeah but, which is why it's my favorite yeah but you know then we we see that kind of the glances between kaylee and river or really kaylee looking at river as if she's terrified of her you know mm-hmm. seeing her in a completely different light which i guess is understandable sure but it certainly shouldn't be unheard of i mean that the alliance did something to her is certainly not a secret on serenity right but they you know it seemed like what they did to her had to do with her having like this kind of superior awareness and perception but now it seems like well they were making her into a soldier and, you know, we, we talked about how this episode has examined the horrors of war and, and the fact that it is anything but glorious and heroic. And, and, you know, we see kind of the after effects to a certain degree on River. And, and you know, we kind of get the idea that, that she has been 
worked on to become some sort of super soldier. Mm-hmm. So, all right, final scene. We've had this really heavy episode. Zoe is making wash food. <laughs> Which is great. Like, again, I'm watching with my son. He just started cracking up. Just that whole scene of Wash kind of sitting there at the table waiting for her food. And Zoe, with I think she even had an apron on uh, preparing dinner. It's just hilarious. You know, It's just so incongruous that it's, it's yeah. funny. And see, I can relate to that. That would be... Uh... That would be as if my wife made me dinner. Right. <laughs> All right. So after she gives him his food, Mal walks in and asks Wash, you know, well, did you did you tell her? Well, tell her what? You know, about that us sleeping together, how, you know, we got to get that uh-huh. over with. And uh, like, know, that, that was just that was a torture talking. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you know, and then Wash takes control, grabs Zoe. We'll be in our bunk. Just classic. Well, you know, before that, though, um, you know, they start kind of like pretending like they're going to kiss or something. And Zoe looks at him and in a very unromantic tone says, take me now, sir. Take me hard. And at that point, Jane comes and says, something about that is downright unsettling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it man. is. It's like it's almost like seeing a brother and sister like trying to kiss one another or something. It's like it's kind of like not we. It's not right on a very instinctive level, which makes us see that how ridiculous Wash was being with his jealousy. Right? It was just there was no call for it at all. Well, you know, I think it's like a lot of people that don't realize how good they are at something because perhaps it's not what they would like to be good at. Perhaps they see other people. It's like, you know, I would like to be able to be Jane and go in with a gun in each hand and, and unafraid. And you know, again, it's almost that you want what you don't have, even though what you have, you know, there are plenty of other people that probably, you know, covet that. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you have to be secure with what you have and, and if you love someone and you you trust them and, and they love you back and you don't you're not always looking over your shoulders saying that oh oh my god this you're you're looking at that guy you're with that guy and everything jealousy is just it just all comes from insecurity right i might not be like you know super buff warrior guy but i make a killer ass ham and cheese omelet you know so and I'm the best damn pilot. I mean, you know, it gets back to that. I mean, what would this crew be without Wash? You know, yeah. how how many jams has his piloting Loads. gotten them out of? Right. Right. But he doesn't get it. It's like, eh, yeah. that's But he needed to on on out of gas if he had only made that button like a couple feet closer to the door. See, that was a mistake. Pretty damn good episode, uh, you know. Uh, at, wasn't at, it? I tell you. At, at some you. point, I don't even know if I could, but I, I think I'd like to sit down and try to rank them. You know, Ooh. just just personal favorite. You know, when, I don't know if I could do it, but when we're done with this thing, that's exactly what we're gonna do. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna come up and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna meet in the back room, like we're we're GMs on draft day. Okay, and we're gonna hammer out a definitive top. 14 plus one list of Firefly Well, maybe we should each come up with our own list and then go head to head. Ah, touche. Yeah. I like it. All right. Uh, All right, anything else? No. Just, you know, like after talking with them, confirmed my belief that this is my favorite Firefly episode and I'm going to hold to that. All right. The next one's really, really good too. Um, Yeah, now they're starting to get fuzzy for me. After the next one. one is Christina Hendricks comes back. Oh, all right. Well, I'll be in my. Need bu- I'll be in my bunk. Any- <laughs> nice one, well played, sir. All right, <laughs> all right. Well, we want to thank you guys for joining us tonight. We'd love to hear from you about Firefly, Dark Angel, which we haven't forgotten about, or anything else you think we should be watching. And, and you know, you've probably noticed there's a little discussion going on in the Facebook group about what we're going to do next, and. You know, we're not ready to tip our hand yet, but we're certainly taking all suggestions, you know, under advisement for sure. And, and we're taking them seriously. Things like uh, Farscape uh, come up recently. Uh, Fringe came up. Uh, Star Trek Next Generation came up. I mean, there's a lot TNG. of things that have been coming up. Uh, um, those are all great choices. They are all, all good choices, but... Uh, we got... But that's... 
months down. The road. It is months down the road. So we got loads of other stuff ahead of us. So yes, we do. Um, we'd like to encourage you to join the Facebook group, and you know, hey, throw your two cents in there. Uh, if you're already a member, spread the word. Emails to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. Voicemails via the speak pipe tab, which you can access through the website. And we'll be back next week with Firefly episode 11 titled Trash. But until then. Dave, I'm not going to say what I saw the last time we were in the studio and I came over to your house, but I'd forgotten your moonling is a criminal mastermind now. <laughs>